0: You know, I have been preaching a series of messages entitled, Worship's Not About Me. And I don't know about you, but I have been learning some things. I have been learning some things about worship. See, folks, it's what we learn after we know it all that counts. Amen? It's what we learn after we know it all. And I have been learning some things. And uh, we've been talking about worship is not about me, and it's not. It's not about you. It's not about me. I want us to take our Bibles, or iPads, or iPhones, whatever you have. We're going to the hundredth Psalm. The hundredth Psalm, verse one, the hundredth Psalms reads like this. It says, Make a joyful noise. A better translation would be this, folks. Make a joyful shout. Make a make a make a joyful shout. <laughs> Make a joyful shout. (laughs) You say, well, Pastor Benny, it's just beside me why I come to church and people act this way, and it's just beside me why people get happy, and it's just beside me. That could be the problem. He's beside you instead of inside you. Amen? And when he's inside of us, there's just something exciting about it. Make a joyful shout unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, let me make this. <laughs> that shouting, if it's real, it'll lead to serving. Amen. Amen. Amen? If that shouting's real, it'll lead to serving. If all you've got to shout, mm-mm, you can't tell how much gas is in the tank by the honk of the horn. Amen? <laughs> no, no, no. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing Know ye the Lord, he is God. It is he that madeth, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endeareth to all generations." Folks, I want to take a few moments, and I want to talk to you about who is worthy of worship. Who is worthy of worship? I, I read a story this week, and it kind of reminded me some of my parenting when I was raising Savannah Abigail. When Barbara and I was raising Savannah Abigail, she did more raising than I did. Just to be honest with you, I was gone a lot. But while we was raising Savannah Abigail. I always said to her, Savannah Abigail, you get you a great education. You get an education. And she didn't realize that my passion was coming out of my pain. My mother had a sixth grade education and was in a physically abusive relationship. And she always returned back to that relationship simply because she had a sixth grade education. So I always press, Savannah, don't you depend on some hairy-legged boy. You get you a great education. I mean that, and it reminded me of the story about the young girl that goes off to college and meets a young man, and she's engaged, and basically she's bringing her fiance home to meet her mom and dad. The dad says, "Son, uh, can can we talk privately?" And the boy says, "Yes." The father says, "Son, how are you gonna? How are you gonna? What are you gonna do for a living?" He said, "Well, I'm gonna study the Bible." He said, "Okay, that's great." said, you're going to study the Bible. But he said, uh, how are you going to provide a house for my daughter? He said, God will provide. He said, but wait, how are you going to put a pretty, a nice engagement ring on her finger? He said, God will provide. He said, no, wait, wait, son. One day you're going to have grandchildren. How are you going to feed those grandchildren? He said, God will provide. He said, okay. So the night ends and the mother says to the father, did you have a conversation with, the, with that boy? He said, yes, I had a conversation with him. She said, well, how did it go? And he said, well, he has no plans. He has no job. That's the bad news. The good news is he thinks I'm God. (laughs) Now, what I want to talk to you about today is who is God And who is worthy of worship? I told some people this week, the word worship, the English word, comes from two English words, worth-ship. Worth-ship. So we have to ask ourselves, who is worthy of worship? Now, every week as you come to church, I've been giving away bracelets. This is the bracelet. It's not about me. I never take it off. I never take it off. I keep it on 24-7. It's not about me. And I look at it. If you don't have a bracelet, I, I want you to get one. Now, some of you, I've been your pastor for a long, long time, and I know you well. I ask you to get one for each arm. yes. I know you well. Some of you need one on each wrist. Maybe even put them down on the ankles. Amen? (laughs) It's not about me. Now, I want to talk about who is worthy of worship. I want to say three quick things. I probably lied there. But I want to say three things. Number one, I want you to see the God of worship. The God of worship. Revelation 22 and 9 says this. Worship God. It's one of the last things that God said to us. Worship God. The God of worship. Three quick things I want you to see. The first thing I want you to see is this. God's a concrete fact. God's a concrete fact. Look what the Bible says in verse 3. It says, know ye that he, the Lord, he is God. He always has been, he always will be. A lady came to me one time and she said, Pastor, I want to ask you something. My granddaughter's got a question. I said, what's the question? She said, my granddaughter wants to know where did God come from? And I said, sis, you tell her, He always has been. She said, but pastor, she's six years old and won't understand. I said, she won't understand when she's 60 either. But reality is, he always has been. Where did God come from? Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God was not created. He is the creator. He didn't begin when the beginning began. He began the beginning. He didn't start with start. He started start. And before there was a was, he was. Amen? Yes. You've got to understand that God is a concrete fact. There's something else I want you to understand. God's a creating force. God's a creating force. Look what verse 3 says. It is he that hath made us. It is he that hath made us. We were wonderfully and gloriously created by God. And God doesn't create junk and he doesn't sponsor flops. You were wonderfully and gloriously created by God. Wonderfully and gloriously created by God. John 1 and 3 says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Genesis 2 and 7 says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Listen, I don't care where you go to school. I don't care. You know, you, you send your children, you know, make sure your children get a good education. But let me tell you something. Don't you ever let anybody tell your children that they evolved from something? You didn't evolve from anything. If you evolved from monkeys and apes, why do we still have monkeys and apes? You didn't evolve from anything. You were wonderfully and gloriously created by God. Oh, we don't need a Dr. Bottle Stopper telling us once I was a tadpole beginning to begin and then I was a frog with my tail tucked in, then I was a monkey in a banana tree, and now I'm a professor with a Ph.D. We don't need that. God created the world, the rocks, the reels, the holes, the hills, the birds, the bees, the flowers, the trees. I want you to get as a foundation, folks, that God's a creator. A concrete fact. God's a creating force. But there's something else. God's a compassionate father. You know, sometimes because we didn't have a good father, perhaps you didn't. We equate that to God. But I want you to know God's a good, good father. God's a good, good father. I never used the word daddy one time in my life. Why would you never use the word daddy? Because I never had a daddy. I never had a daddy. But I'll tell you what. Barbara tells me that I'm the greatest dad in the world. I want her to keep believing that lie. Barbara tells me I'm the greatest dad in the world. And let me tell you something. I had a great example. I had a good, good father. I had one who said he would be a father to the fatherless. I had one who said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. I had one who said he'd be a friend that stick up close to the brother. I have one that loves me unconditional. I have one that is faithful when I'm unfaithful. I'll have one who cared for me when I didn't care. I have a good, good father. See, folks, let me tell you something. The God of worship, he's a concrete fact. He's a creating force. He's a compassionate Father. But let me give you you the second point. The second point is, that's the goal of worship. That's the goal of worship. And here's what I want you to get today. Worship is not about you, and worship's not about me. And I want you to hear me clearly. If you're complaining at church, you're not worshiping. You said, Pastor Benny, you're, you're, you're rubbing the cat's fur the wrong way. Turn the cat around. <laughs> if you're complaining, you're not worshiping. No, don't nobody drop your head. I'll let you know when we're going to pray. <laughs> because, see, you've made worship about you, you've made worship about a preference instead of about him. And worship's not about a preference. Worship's about him. Now, now God showed me some things this week, folks, that that I really believe God gave me a revelation from heaven. God gave me a revelation from heaven. And, And let me share something, folks. Every day of my life, I work. You say, you're kidding. No, no, that's true. And I go to hospitals, and I see people. But you understand something. That's not, young ladies, that's not the greatest thing I can do for you. You say, it's so wonderful. He came to see me in the hospital. Let me tell you what's more wonderful, if I can impart the Word of God into your life. That's far more important than me visiting you in a hospital. Because you need that more than you need anything else. We need the worship of God and the Word of God more than we need anything else. Now, here's what I want you to see. Worship commences with appreciation. I said in my early ministry, I I don't mean this boastful, but I could almost look at something and memorize it. I could almost just look at it and memorize, and that's good and bad because here's what happened: I memorized things quickly and never got the full context of it. And I memorized Psalms 104 that says, "Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, and be thankful unto him and bless his name." But I never realized, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Well, if you, this was an Old Testament verse. And if you study the Old Testament temple, they were nine gates around the temple mount. Some of you have been to the temple mount with me. You've been to the most sacred 35 acres in the world. And they were nine gates around that temple. And when the Jewish people would come to worship, they would sing praise songs as they were going through the gates they would sing verses 1 through 3 of this text as they were going through the gates. And there's a message there, folks. If we're going to worship God, it begins with a spirit of appreciation. We've got to come to the house of God not grumbly hateful, but humbly grateful. We've got to enter this. You say, Pastor Benny, I don't get much out of service. Well, let me ask you, what are you bringing? If you fuss with her all the way to church, and then you get here, and you fussed all the way, and you ran into Pastor Benny, and you said, oh, good morning, Pastor. See, folks, what he's saying, we bring our worship with us. We bring our worship with us. This morning coming to church, I was listening to music. I was thinking in my mind how good God has been to me. And when we have that mindset, we get something out of service. No matter what. By the way, Yesterday wasn't the best day for an old Tennessee boy. Oh, oh, I've cried a bucket of tears. But ladies and gentlemen, we're to commence with appreciation. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. I didn't get much out of it. What'd you put in it? Not only do we commence with appreciation, (laughs) but we continue with adoration. Now wait, wait. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts. If you've been to the Temple Mount with me, we enter in through the gates, whether we enter in through the Dung Gate or the Eastern Gate or whatever a gate we enter in one of those nine gates. But then you get up there and there are courts. There's the outer courts. That's the court that we could go to as Gentiles. There's the court for women. There's the court for men. There's the court for the priest. So it begins with appreciation, but then it moves, ladies and gentlemen, to praise. Now, now get this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. What does that word praise means? It comes from the Hebrew word haliel. We get the word hallelujah. This is what it means. (laughs) It means to celebrate clamorously foolish. It means to celebrate clamorously foolish. Somebody said to me, Pastor Benny, you don't preach like any Methodist church that I've ever been to. Thank God I don't. Amen? Folks, let me tell you something. He came not that we would be dead. He came that we would have life and life more abundantly. Make a joyful shout. There's nothing, see, folks, for the most part, there's nothing wrong with being expressionary in your praise. Amen. Nothing wrong. I heard about a farmer who went down to the country fair, and a guy was taking people up in an airplane. And the pilot said, it's $100, and I'll take you up for a flight. And the old farmer said, uh, I don't want to pay $100. That's that's a little much. And the airplane pilot said, I tell you what, I'll take you up. And if you don't say a word, it won't cost you a thing. But if you say something, it's $100. So the old farmer and his wife got in the plane. He took them up. Man, he pushed it. He did figure eights in that airplane, he did loop de loops, he did everything under the sun. That old farmer didn't say anything, and they landed the plane. And the pilot said, "You don't owe me a dime. You didn't say a word." Said it must have been difficult. He said it really was. He said one time in particular when my wife fell out, it was tough. (laughs) Oh, listen, folks, we've got something to shout about. We've got something to be happy about. We've got something to rejoice about. Amen? Amen? Now, wait. Worship commences with appreciation. It continues with adoration, but it concludes with acclamation. Now, here's what I want you to understand, folks. There's many people who will go to church today And they'll sit in these seats, and they'll leave, and they never worship to God. And they never worship God. Because, see, folks, if worship's not about you and it's not about me, it's about God. Because look what that that verse says in verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him And bless his name. Here's what I want you to understand. If you go to the temple mount, you start out in the gates. You move to the courts. But there's another place. It's the holy of holies. That's where you meet with God. That's where you meet with God. There's where the connection's made with God. What's God's plan? Here's what God's plan is for every one of us, folks. We're to bring our worship with us. We're to bring our worship with us. We're to get here having a spirit of appreciation. We're to praise the Lord for what he's done in our lives. And when we do that, it brings us into the presence of God. It creates worship. It creates worship. See I went deep inside of me this week. And I said, what is the difference between praise and worship? Most people don't know. And this is the conclusion I've reached. Praise can be for multiple things. Praise can be for multiple things. I mean, many people are praising the Georgia Bulldogs today. It can be for multiple things. But listen, folks, worship is for God alone. Worship is for God alone. Now, now listen, praise for the most part is expressionary. It's joyful. It's many times loud. Let me explain. There were some people praising Jesus. Somebody said, you need to stop that. And Jesus said to him, no, 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 don't stop them. He said, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out and praise me. The rocks are going to cry out and praise me. So, praise many times is expressionary, joyful, and loud. But, friend, worship is different. Let me explain. Psalms 95 and 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Psalms 96 and 9, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. See, folks, when we really worship God, we lose ourselves in light of who he is. See, when we come to church, I believe while praise is going on, you might notice what's going on around you. I believe when we really worship God, it's just us and God. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just an audience of one. Get this down. Get this down if you don't get anything else. Thanksgiving and praise are intertwined. They're Siamese twins. They go hand in hand. But worship and surrender go oh, hand in hand. Here's what I want you to understand. Praise may be real loud, but worship may be real quiet. Praise may be real loud, but worship may be real quiet. Don't you ever form an opinion because somebody's quiet They're not worshiping God. They may be more connected with God than you ever dreamed to be. Where's the first time worship's used? In the Bible. Genesis 22, 5. Genesis 22, 5. Where God said to Abraham, take your son, offer him up. And Abraham said, the child and I go yonder and worship because worship is about surrendering more of you to God. Worship's about surrendering more of you to God. Let me give you the last point and I'm done. The God of worship, the goal of worship, but the glory of worship, the glory of worship, See, here's what I want you to see, folks. Why worship is not about you. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, can we do this at Rock Springs Church? Can we do that at Rock Springs Church? Can we do this at Rock Springs Church? Can we do that? Hey, listen very closely. You can do anything that don't draw attention to you. As long as it's drawing attention to him. As long as it's about him, folks, it's okay. But the moment it becomes about us, we've missed it. As long as it's about him. And I, as I put this message together, in about five minutes, I asked myself, I didn't put the message together in five minutes, by the way. But I asked myself, why is he worthy of worship? I told Barbara yesterday. I said, Barbara, he's worthy of worship. She said, you're right. And I said, Barbara, let me tell you why he's worthy of worship. He came a great distance. He left heaven. Did you ever think about it? He left heaven. The Son of God Became the Son of Man that the sons of men might become the sons of God. He came a great distance. Folks, He commendeth a great love. He loved us so much that He went to the cross and died. <laughs> he conquered, <laughs> He conquered a great death. Because the third day, he arose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. (laughs) Rocks and tombs couldn't keep him in. Walls and rooms couldn't keep him out. He arose. Oh, folks, we don't have an endless hope. We got a hopeless end. Amen? Because of Jesus Christ. Oh, folks, he committed a great gift. He committed a great gift. What are you talking about, Pastor Benny? I'm talking about he's given us the Holy Spirit. He continues with us no matter what. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Let me tell you something, folks. I've been preaching 35 years. I've got more wounds in my back than Carter's got pills. I've been betrayed time and time again. But let me tell you something. I've got one who said he'd be with me until the end, no matter what. Oh, folks, he's compiled us a great book. It's the book of all books. It's the infallible. It's the inerrant. It's the immutable. It's the undescribable Word of God. Folks, he's completed us a great home. Oh, we used to sing in the hills of Tennessee, just build me a cabin in the corner of Glory Land. There's going to be no cabins in the corner of Glory Land. He's prepared a mansion for every one of us. And then lastly, all folks, he never ceases to amaze me. (laughs) He never ceases to amaze me. You know, folks, Sometimes we exaggerate things, but isn't it wonderful to worship a God that we can't exaggerate? (laughs) Oh, oh God. The old guy back home used to say, it just gets tweeter and tweeter. It just gets tweeter and tweeter. He said, Brother Benny, it just gets tweeter and tweeter, and one of these days it's going to turn to Tugger. I said, oh, yes. It just gets tweeter and tweeter. Amen? Oh, it pays to live for the Lord. You know, folks, I can't sing. I can't sing. Boy, if I could, I would have sang. I don't understand people who can sing and don't use the gift. Let me tell you something. I know what God's gifted me to do. You say, well, how do you know God's gifted you to do this? Because I can't do nothing else. (laughs) You do anything good, Pastor Benny? Not one thing. Something tears up around the house, Barbara gets on her knees and says, I pray that Benny don't work on it. It'll never work again. (laughs) He'll destroy anything his hands touch. I don't do anything. She said, you said, Brother Benny, I, I, you don't do anything. I don't do anything good. I know what I was born to do. I was born to do what I'm doing right now. That's why I was in Melba Jean's womb. That's why I was born. That's why I was born. Born to preach the gospel. Born to preach the gospel. And I will till I die. Let, let, let me say, this is a leadership principality. Listen, whatever your strength is, I taught leadership this week. Whatever your strength is, whatever your weakness is, don't concentrate on your weakness. Don't worry about it. Just concentrate on making your strength better. No, no, don't get bogged down in your weakness. Build on your strength. Young person, you get that. That's worth the price of admission. You build on your strength. Don't don't beat yourself down over your weaknesses. Just build on that strength. Be the best you can be in that strength. But if I could sing, most sermons would, would end with a song. This is the song I'd end with today. I'd sing that old Wani to That old Wani to song. <laughs> years ago, true story. I looked in the foyer and I saw Stan Daniel. Somebody called years ago and they said, We listen to you, Pastor, on the radio. They said, We love him. Stan said, Yeah, I love him too. And the person said, You know, (laughs) he's our favorite black preacher on the radio. I took it as a compliment. I don't know any white guy that can preach with those guys. I took it as a compliment. I mean that. Best preachers are the black preachers. My goodness. TD Jake, say more in 30 seconds, and I can sing three years. But if I could sing, I'd sing this song. I'd say, Lord, I'd look around and I'd say, Lord, you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we praise your holy name. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Folks, unequivocally, who's worthy of worship? Jesus, the Lamb of glory. He's the one that's worthy of worship. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then see, you simply must confess your sins to him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer, you repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations. On the greatest decision that you'll ever make and I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling he's a fact this decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life so congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.